Quality Files. All things creepy, cryptic, otherworldly. Kicking ass, taking names. It's the name of this game, people. Not really, but we're having fun. That's all that fucking matters. <laughs> Kicking ass and playing games. That's the name of the game. You are so right. Oh, and this is Oddity Files, the podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. <laughs> and I'm still Nick Floyd after all this time. And I haven't washed my hair in seven days, it feels like. Well, according okay. according to Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, that's totally fine. That as long as there's no dirt on your body, just don't shower ever. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I read it on the internet. Probably not totally true. Totally grossed out right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did watch. I don't know if you did, Nick. I know you're super crazy busy, and I just sent you this link out of nowhere and said, "Hey, watch this if you can." <laughs> I watched. On the Trail of UFOs, Dark Skies by my uh, very good friend, Shannon LeGrow, is a part of that. It's on all the stuff and all the things. And it's about UFO spottings, reports, people's stories in the entire state of West Virginia. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize West Virginia. I uh, lived in West Virginia for a very short time when I was but a wee baby. And I, I mean, obviously, I don't remember because I didn't I couldn't even speak English. But <laughs> I, I didn't realize West Virginia was a hot spot for uh, the UFOs. Yeah, I didn't either. I, I knew, you know, the Mothman, mm-hmm. which I mean, if you think about it, he's a he's a UFO. I mean, technically, aren't we all I mean, though? Well, I well I will be Thursday as I'm flying to San Antonio. Woo! Mm-hmm. Um. Yep, yep. But yes, definitely check it out. It's on like the the Voodoo and the Apple and the Prime and all the stuff and all the things. And it's called On the Trail of UFOs: Dark Skies. Shannon has a a, a way to get stories out of people that's just lovely the cinematography was beautiful and um i highly recommend it so check it out tell shannon i sent you nick did you now this was like a a three minute watch did you watch the ghostbusters trailer that came out today yeah of course i did oh good oh thank god i have to do it for work so i I watched it about i don't know 11 times today (laughs) so good I like so good. I like where they're taking it. I I I, I thought the reveal, the tease. I'm glad it wasn't just like a full face reveal of what I'm assuming is going to be Dan Aykroyd. But uh, yeah, I, you know, that part's. But I'm like, you didn't need it. People are going to see it. Like the people read articles and stuff, and the trailer sold me enough at that point where I I thought, it would, why did you even bother teasing that he, you know one of the OG Ghostbusters is going to show up. They're Answer clearly the going to. Yeah. I yeah. mean, Ivan Reitman's son's directing the movie. If they're going to show so up for anybody, it's going to be him. Uh, so, yeah. but other than that, I, I really like the sort of like all artifacts are released into the world and they, the kids are, have to get it. I don't know. It's, it's a cool concept. So the boy kid is from stranger things, right? Uh huh. And who's the the girl? 
She looks so familiar, I can't put my finger on it. She does look familiar. I have I better... I meant to IMDB it. I have better Wi-Fi than you, so I'm going to look right now. Oh, okay. McKenna Grace. She was um, <clears throat> She was in Annabelle Comes Home. Okay. Um, and she is in another... Let me double check. Okay, she's in another movie. So yeah, she's in Handmaid's Tale. Um, she's in Young Sheldon. She's in Malignant, which is the new horror movie from James Wan. Ooh. And then she was one of the main leads. She's Judy Warren in Annabelle Comes Home. Oh, okay. She's young Theo in The Haunting of Hill House. Oh, okay. And she's uh, young Carol in Captain Marvel and young Sabrina in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's it. It's Sabrina that I know her those eyes from. Yes, yeah. I'm covered in goosebumps right now. Yeah, so she's in everything, but she's in this awesome, awesome little movie on uh, Amazon Prime. It's a Prime original called Troop Zero. Um, okay, I've heard great things about it. It's wonderful, and no one watched it. Uh, Guilty. And it, but it, <laughs> came, it came out, it was like end of the year 2019. If it would have come out post-pandemic, it would have been the Ted Lasso of the pandemic, where it's just, it's a feel-good, uh, as I slap my microphone, a feel-good, <laughs> just wonderful little movie where she plays a, a, a character named Christmas, and she's a little... She's obsessed with space and aliens and all this. Oh, and she, our kind of girl. Yeah. And she's uh, she's teased a lot and, and she's just not normal. And it's just about her trying to fit in and and doing her own thing. And, and it's just, it's wonderful. But yeah, I'm glad she's, she's on her way to stardom, if not already there. Because she's a talented young actress. I mean, she's the hardest working little girl I know. I'm not going to lie. With that IMDb page. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's always like, I feel like I compare everybody to Millie Bobby Brown where you saw her and then she was just everywhere. But really, she wasn't. She was Mm-mm. Stranger Things and then Godzilla uh, yeah. and then Sherlock and then Godzilla. So she. She was everywhere and doing interviews, and she was the it girl, but she wasn't like, project, 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 and McKenna Grace is clearly like, this movie, the next movie, the next movie, the next movie. And if I remember right, because I Googled her when I saw her on Sabrina, with the exact, I'm like, God, I feel like I've seen her in something. I think she was in Mad Men as well. I could be wrong. The actress who played uh, Sabrina... Which was in Mad, was Never in Mad Men when she was Damn younger. It. Okay. Yeah. But gotcha. they look, I mean, the casting of McKenna Grace and the actress who plays Sabrina, which I would know her name any other day but today. Same. Um, they look identical. So the casting there is, was great because they look yeah. very similar. I did find out this week, I thought Lucifer, the Netflix show, it was done. Nope. And I wasn't happy with the ending. But then, you know, the ridiculously handsome Mr. Tom Ellis Instagrammed this week that uh, the release date of the final season. So praise Jesus. I mean, praise Lucifer. <laughs> so excited. I, I really thought that was the end. And I'm like, really, you're going to do this to me? Come, I love that show so much. Yeah. Um, but yay. Yeah. It's uh, what else? I... I caught up on. Well, I didn't catch up. I'm, I I caught up on the ones that were out, but I caught up on Wellington Paranormal on HBO Max that you 
brought to my attention. Did you? You did, didn't you? Maybe you didn't. What's it about? It's the it's the spinoff of what we do in the shadows. No, writing it down. Yeah, it's uh, it's two it's two characters who have a very small part in the movie, the the movie from New Zealand with Taika Waititi, and it's them. In every episode, it's like a monster of the week X Files type thing. Oh yes, and it's very dry, very very funny. But it took me back the first episode. Um, it already aired. I think it's on season three in New Zealand, but HBO acquired the rights internationally. So they're starting from season one and they're airing it on the CW and HBO max, uh, once a week starting from season one. And it's like a brand new thing to us Americans. Oh, yay. But, um, it's very funny if you like British humor, that kind of thing, Australian humor. I do. So you'll love it. But watching the first episode was such a, a fun throwback because having lived there, there's a lot of inside jokes about the, the city of Wellington. And I was laughing way harder than I I probably should have. But it's very cool. There's ghosts and aliens and yes. werewolves and vampires. And it, it's a good mix. It's very X-Files. And they, they make a lot of jokes about being, you know, Mulder and Scully and, and stuff oh, like perfect. that. You know, we're uh, the Mulder and Scully of the podcast world, just in case you forgot. I would love, I mean, listen, if somebody <laughs> leaves a review that says that. We did get new reviews, by the way. They did just we? didn't reach out, so they don't get that dollar. No, the dollars came and come and gone. That was two months ago. Yeah. Um, I should probably read them and give them a little shout out because we need more reviews, people. Yeah, shout um, them out. Let's see. So, on, oh, here's one I didn't know was there last Friday. Rob Osborne. Truly love you guys. Funny and body. What more could you ask for? You have made a year of unemployment much more bearable. Thank you so much. Oh, Thank you. Body is, I'm going to put that on my resume. Yeah, I'm body. <laughs> what are your special talents? Body. Yeah, there's a W, just in case you're wondering. Um, and this is from Little German Bear on June 28th this year. Funny banter, interesting personal paranormal stories. Paranormal in the news, totally relaxed and down to earth. A must listen for all the cool, cool kids. And in parentheses, they put cool kids equals adults pretending to be adults, which is exactly what I am. So. That's such a brilliant way to put adults pretending to be adults. I've never, I'm going to start using that going forward. Yeah. What do you do That's for a living? Great. I pretend to be an adult. Yeah. I've Seriously. never heard that. That's amazing. <laughs> and then from P. Bobo, it's creepy and funny and weird. Kitsy and Nick have an awesome vibe. Plus, love the, to support a fellow Hoosier. Oh, I missed one. This is from Hello Oakley. I try to listen every week while I'm at work. I really enjoy the cryptids and alien talks. As soon as I get the courage to type it all out, I'd love to send in a listener story. Hello, Oakley. Do it. Please and thank you. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, I'm glad that in the perfect segue, the last thing that I was going to mention, and I'm not a fan, but uh, the Oakley mentioning aliens uh, American Horror Story. I don't. I, I the the 
anthology show that's airing right now, American Horror Stories, seems to not be going well with... I won't watch it. I won't either. I just don't care, but I've heard that it's a good thing that I'm not, because I heard it's not very good. Shocker. Um, Sorry to anybody who enjoys American Horror Story and Ryan Murphy, but the trailer... That's with an S. I love the one without the S. Go ahead. Yeah. So the trailer for season 10 of American... Or season 10? Yeah. Yeah. Of American Horror Story came out. It's the double feature. So it seems to be... It's two parts from what I can gather from the trailer. The trailer is very weird. It's a vampire, like, shark creature and an alien who at one point in the trailer, like, make out. <laughs> it's Ryan. very, It's very, very strange. It's, it's like the two worlds collide and, and all this, but it does seem to be that w- the first part of the new season is going to be about these vampire shark humanoid creatures and the second part is finally going to be uh finally after eight seasons because in in asylum they they touch on aliens where i think we're finally going to get some full-on alien action which you know he ran a a survey on his instagram for what that second one was going to be it was like between bloody mary and aliens i believe Oh, I'm so glad that aliens got voted because uh, oh, I voted for Bloody Mary. <laughs> There's just not enough alien television. Yeah, I get that. Um, but from my thing about American Horror Story is like, and no one cares about my opinion because it doesn't matter. It's I do, it's, Nick. It's, I care. <laughs> I truly care. I try to not inject it. Like, if we're having a conversation off air. Uh, we can share opinions with each other, and I don't feel guilty about it. So I feel guilty doing this. Do you not realize what this show is? It's all (laughs) Kissy's opinions. Please add some of yours so it's not all mine. (laughs) So how I feel about movies and mostly television, because television is a commitment. It's a long time that you're asking for someone's attention, even if it's one season or ten seasons. It's a lot of time. And if something is done, okay, but it could have been done better, and that it's such a clear sight of something that could have been done better, it's frustrating for me, and I just, I can't watch it because I get so frustrated. I'm right. like, you, it was right there in front of you and, you, and you missed it. You missed it. Yeah. And American Horror Story is one of those things because I got excited being a paranormal cryptid super fan that states countries cities they all have local legends and lore and mystery and stories and fables and they could have very easily done a show that was an anthology season that was interwoven of course if they wanted to because they'd all take place in different pockets of the world and each season would be you know one whole season about the mothman one whole season about the skunk ape, one whole season, and just really give us a show about American horror story yeah. uh, stories, and and they and they and they didn't, and so I don't know. It it leans in the weird, and I got when the, when the show first got announced, I was so giddy because I was like, finally, they're gonna commercialize shit that I've loved my whole life. Yeah. And same thing goes to you. It's stuff that you've loved your whole life. It's just I was I was excited to see it on the forefront, and then it, it turned into like schlocky, 
B movie like shock value stuff, which is totally fine for people that watch it, but it's not yeah. the show that I was really, really hoping it would be. I didn't know what to expect when I watched it. Season one was the first show in a long time, a first movie, anything that gave me nightmares for a hot minute. Um, that with the twins and the, the ru- rubber suit, man, uh-uh, nope, 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 nope. It was terrifying. Um, Asylum was next. Meh. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a big fan of it. Um, and then it was the witches. Yeah, Coven. And they had me. I love that cheesy scream, uh, scream queen. One of my favorite. I am down for some Emma Roberts. And some Evan Peters till the cows come home. But, um, and you know, the, every season, it's like every other season I'm good for. I still haven't watched Roanoke, which that's the one I should have watched because it was about, you know, it was that, you know, paranormal story style thing. But I heard it was terrible. So it, I stopped. That was the one I, I skipped everything. I skipped. Uh, I watched Asylum because I had read some early teases about alien stuff, which it's very, very few and far between in that season. And I stopped afterwards. I was like, this show still isn't doing it for me. And then Roanoke got announced and I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a shot. Uh, I'm going back in. And it was not the right season to go back in because it just pissed me off even more. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done with, with what Ryan Murphy has to offer. I'm done with American Horror Story. And then Quibi did 50 States of Fright with Sam Raimi, which was short form on an on a service that didn't last but more than a year. Oh, that's a <laughs> R.I.P. Quibi. Uh, but that one was, it was cool. It was more along the lines of what I wanted it to be, where it was like each episode was a state and it was a story and there was Bigfoot and this and that and, and uh but it was all executed in, in short form, watch on your iPhone, bullshit ass ways. So it was, yeah, it was another kind of useless. I think thing. the last yeah. American Horror Story I was truly invested in, where like I couldn't stop watching, was Hotel. So, um, yeah. there there were some good ones after that. But I, I I'll check it. This is is this supposed to be the last season? I have no idea. Okay. He's just got so much on his plate right now. I think he's just going to keep doing stuff that sticks. So, like, if American Horror Stories did well, then I have a feeling that would be his new thing. I think he's just, because he's got that multi-deal thing with Netflix, he's trying to find the next thing. Like, Hollywood wasn't it. American Horror Stories clearly not it. I enjoyed Hollywood. I really did. It wasn't really that much horror. Uh, Ratchet. Yeah, Ratchet was Ratchet. Ratchet had high viewership, but I don't think people were really like ranting and raving. People were ranting and raving for Sarah Paulson, not necessarily for Ryan Murphy's uh, creativity. My husband is the anti Sarah Paulson fan. He's like, I don't know what it is about her. I just can't watch her. <laughs> She's really good. She is. Um, I felt that way for a long time until. I think it was the apocalypse season. And I was like, okay, she's okay. But that chick who played the Stevie Nicks character in Coven, I got to stop. I got to stop. But the chick who played the Stevie Nicks character in the Coven season, there's not enough of her in no. any of them. Okay. Well, the, well, real quick, the director of uh, Fear Street has said that she wants to do a 
thing for Netflix where like build the the Marvel Cinematic Universe of like horror movies. Oh. And the perfect opportunity is to do you don't have to do every state but do like 10 movies yeah. and make good ass movies about the Mothman, about the Florida Skunk Ape, about the Loch Ness Monster and then do like After a haunted mix. asylum too in there for the mix. Just do like go nuts and introduce your own world of these local legends, and then eventually find a way to bring them all together in your Avengers type movie. And yes. you've got yourself a monster hit, literally and figuratively. So you're just so a smart, yeah. No People that me, are though. listening, throw <laughs> Nick some money so he can do that. No one will call I, me. It's okay. <laughs> it's a lonely oh, life it's, lo- it's it's lonely down here at the bottom <laughs> well you know what it's more fun and people give less fucks and you can go seven days without washing your hair so you know it is what it is um, where are we at we better throw this over to Jess real quick so she can teach us a thing about the stars and, and stuff and things hit it hey there oddballs it's Jess from Miss Fortune here with your weekly energy forecast The week kicks off on Sunday the 8th with a new moon in Leo at 16 degrees. This new moon forms a pretty tight square to Uranus and Taurus, who's at a standstill at 14 degrees of that sign. Uranus spends the entire month of August at 14 degrees of Taurus because he'll be spinning retrograde in a couple of weeks. So he's cranky as fuck right now. The energy of this new moon is bound to be quite volatile as a result. Be on the lookout for restlessness and emotional outbursts in yourself as well as from others. Rapid mood swings, impulsive reactions, and a complete inability to focus on anything mundane is what you can expect from this energy. You won't be able to sit still now, and anyone who tries to restrict you in any way will be strongly rebuffed. You'll be subconsciously drawn to more stimulating experiences, which could make you a drama magnet if the conditions are right. You've been warned. The rest of the week sees a lot of activity with personal planets Mercury and Venus. On Monday the 9th, Venus in Virgo opposes Big Brother Neptune in Pisces. This aspect stirs up trouble in love and money, where you may have to contend with some disillusionment. Worst case scenario, you may find that you are being outright deceived in these areas. Try not to put anything or anyone on a pedestal right now, and be aware of anyone who might mistake your kindness for weakness. Self-esteem takes a hit under these stars, so remember, you are the shit, you've always been the shit, and you will still be the shit long after Venus gets through with this shitty transit. On the 11th, she moves on to try and Pluto, which is much more pleasant. Pluto brings the intensity, and when he hits Venus with a soft aspect like a trine, you can expect to feel quite passionate about your loved ones. Relationships that you attract now will have a strong karmic pull to them and can go the distance, though the intensity would certainly wane over time. It's a great time for intimacy in all forms, and you should feel free to go after whatever you desire now. Mercury is equally as busy next week, forming an opposition to Jupiter in Aquarius on the 10th, just before heading into his home sign of Virgo on the 11th. Mercury opposite Jupiter brings big ideas, maybe too big. Overall, this is a joyous and optimistic energy, but there's a strong tendency towards glossing over the details with Jupiter influencing our lower mind. You just want to get to the fun stuff already. And that's fine, just keep your wits about you, and know that you may have to backtrack when this transit passes and perspective is regained. This should happen rather quickly when Mercury enters Virgo, one of the two signs that he rules. Mercury is very happy and strong here, where he can analyze, sort, 
problem solve and communicate with ease. Mercury through Virgo is a great time for getting your shit together. Start the diet, declutter that closet, organize your life, start fucking adulting already. All that mundane shit that you never want to do, that's favored while Mercury is here, so get to work. You have until August 30th to grow the fuck up. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneonmoody.com. I offer many types of astrology and astro tarot readings, and am now conducting sound healing sessions for those of you in the Boston area. You can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For an intimate look at what a shit show my life is, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. Jess, you're amazing. I love you much. Um, I was a little worried as I was signing on to mine and Nick's Zoom meeting here that I hadn't even looked into a paranormal in the news story. I have some sitting on my notepad. So I was about right. But I'm like, you know what? I'm going to check the Facebook fan group first. So I went there and Nikki Kelly to the rescue. My mm-hmm. dear, sweet woman. Um, check out all the stuff and all the things like the Facebook fan group at flow.page slash oddity files. But this comes from upnorth.live.com. The headline reads, Sheriff investigates reported ghost-like sighting in California mountain range. So this is in Coarse Gold, California. A family in California says they experienced a strange ghost-like sighting in Madera County Mountains last week, prompting police to investigate further. Jake Gorba, his wife Victoria, and their three kids decided to take their four-wheeler up to Shut-Eye Peak on Wednesday. The family stopped to eat lunch, and that's when the couple's three-year-old son, Caden, excuse me, began talking to someone. He was just in our car, and he was pointing out at a certain spot in the meadow, says Victoria. Caden told his parents there was a woman lying face down with her legs straight up in the air in a nearby meadow, which I've been, since I started reading this story, I didn't finish it, so we'll find out how it ends together. How do you lay down on your face and your legs are, like, was she broken in half? Potentially. Okay. Because it's been freaking me out. Okay. According to Caden, the woman was unable to speak or move and needed help. He goes, yeah, there's a lady over there in the meadow in a black shirt. And I got goosebumps, said Victoria. He says, she needs our help, but she's dead and she's laying face down with her legs up and she can't talk to me, but she's over there. We need to go help her. Jake and Victoria checked out the meadow, but saw nothing. He kept saying, trust me, trust me, mom. And I was like, I trust you, but you know, I believe you 100%, said Victoria. The family was so spooked out by what the three-year-old had so adamantly shared that they decided to end their day early and head home. Then they posted about the strange occurrence on Facebook. We put it on Facebook to see if anybody knew anything about the area and come to find out that there was a lady missing with the description that he described to us within a five-mile radius of where we were, said Victoria. This kid's got some moves, just saying. Sandra Hughes had gone missing in the area in June of 2020, according to Victoria. Her three-year-old's detailed description of the woman's hair and clothing was identical to the description of Hughes. He was very adamant that we needed to help her, and he described her down to 
blue hair, he said. She has a black skirt, blue jeans, and blue hair. Mom. And that's the exact description of her when she went missing, said Victoria. Victoria said Caden was also able to identify the woman he'd seen in three out of four photos of Hughes. So Madeira County Sheriff Corporal Chris Williams saw the Facebook post and contacted the family to further investigate. The corporal in charge of her case actually reached out to us and was like, hey, we want more information and we want to bring you guys up here to see if you could point us in the direction. Um, Williams has been looking into Hughes' disappearance since the beginning of the investigation. On Thursday, two Madeira County Sheriff's deputies traveled back up to the meadow with Jake and his son to investigate. The deputies found no new evidence and the case still remains open. Uh, In quotes, if she was possibly a ghost looking for some help, I hope that he could have at least helped and maybe helped the family find her because it's been a long time, apparently, since she's been gone, said Victoria. Uh, The four-wheeler that was the family that the family was traveling in when this whole spooky experience took place is now referred to as the ghost runner and is for sale. The parents are like, nope, we're done. Call Zach Baggins. Exactly. So they, the Madeira County Sheriff's Office confirmed that they did receive a report of a possible sighting. They went out to the location for any leads and still nothing new was found. So, yeah. Crazy stuff. Got some psychic kids going on there or something. You know, it's pretty bad when uh, a group of Trained professional adults rely on a three-year-old to help solve a case that they haven't been able to for a year, for a long time, quote unquote. Like this is very true, but I think at this point we're we're willing to try anything. Is kind of the vibe I got. So yeah, at least they didn't rule it out. What if they didn't go and there would have been some evidence there? So kudos to the police for. Checking out this weird situation, I do give them props for that, but yeah. that's because I'm a true crime nut, and I hate when they ignore the psychics. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely something to be said about it, for sure, but this whole time, I'm just like, man, we're giving a lot of credit to a three-year-old. <laughs> it's true. It's very, very true. Like, how many words does that three-year-old know? Uh, yeah. And I, I, I believe in coincidences. I do. And I think the description just happened to be like she wasn't wearing leather strap pants with brown boots. Like he didn't give some sort of like Henry David Thoreau-esque description. Right. Homie just said she was wearing jeans and a black shirt and had blue hair. Yeah, I think it was the blue hair that got them. (laughs) But it's like show show the kid people in a... uh, picture people in a lineup what's a three-year-old gonna pick the one with the blue hair obviously literally she's a clown (laughs) nothing against you people that color your hair different colors but i mean when you're three you see the blue hair it's exciting it's fun that's what you're gonna gravitate towards i don't know i anything at this point in 2021 anything's possible and if that means opening up a detective agency full of uh minority report type Toddlers. Toddlers just chilling in this pool with these weird things on their little shaved heads and their 
detect solving crimes I love that telepathically. Movie so much. <laughs> sure. I I mean, no one else is doing shit. We've got billionaires going to space for no reason. Least they could do is open up a detective agency of toddlers. In a penis. Can, we have not discussed this. What? I mean, was he trying to be the guy from Austin Powers? What, it was a metaphor. I mean, he was trying to show it, it, it was a uh, it was a dick gro- measuring competition. Is all it was. Yeah, I mean, seriously. And- While his wife is taking all her alimony and money and donating it to different charity yeah. causes a- across the world, so kudos to you, ex Mrs. Amazon. Yeah, ex, <laughs> run for the hills, do everything with your life that you know and love. Um, but the thing that stuck out to me the most is he was asked why, like. Why did you do it? What do you gain from it? And his response was, well, right now I'm, I'm really just trying to wrap my head around the whole experience. He didn't go for anything. You were <laughs> up there for 10 minutes. Could. Yeah. Who cares? Like if someone walked into a room and said, I've been to space for 10 minutes. I said, cool. And I've stood outside when it's been raining. <laughs> Literally. I, like, what do you do with that? It, Cool. Did you go to the fucking moon, motherfucker? Did you yeah. go to a satellite and hook that ship up to it? Because that would have been very dirty If now that I'm thinking about it and picturing it in my head. <laughs> um, but no, you didn't. You went up. You went down. That's it. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even follow any of it. And I was like, oh, cool. He did it. And then I saw the pictures of the space rocket penis, whatever the hell you want to call it. And then by the time I saw those pictures, they're like, oh, he's back. I'm like, what? Yeah. Up and down. Yeah, that's not even exciting. It's 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 absurd. Uh, I, I just... <laughs> I just can't understand it. I'll never be able to understand... I'll never be able to understand people in their, like, their, their humble applause of him and also their, like, constant shitting on Richard Branson, who genuinely for years has been trying to not just send himself to space. Not that I'm defending him in any way, but, like, I grew up watching Richard Branson try to create Virgin Galactic, which yeah. was supposed to be a somewhat affordable way for people to take flights to, to space, to see it for, like, the, the common... The common person who has a lot of money. (laughs) More money than God. Yeah. But it's just, I don't know. It was such a weird week where I I I paid very little attention because the amount of people who were like, oh, Richard Branson did And they're like, oh, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, you did it. You did it. You went to space. And I was like, guys, what are you talking about? (laughs) You know, Richard Branson was fun back in the days to watch him take his like, um, hot air balloon, like across the world. That's a fucking feat right there. Yeah. Um, you, didn't, you didn't David Blaine yourself. You were up there for 10 minutes. You weren't submerged in a thing of water. Like, I, I just oh, David don't, Blaine. If, <laughs> if that was my accomplishment in life, if I went to space for 10 minutes and that's how I introduced myself, no one would care. No. They'd be like, people have been going to space since the 60s. Literally, like no one cares. You literally, congratulations! You have billions of dollars. Yeah, that's you know. I mean, the fact that he made Amazon is a much bigger deal to me than he went to space. Yeah, I'm like, cool. Do something with it. What are you gonna do with it? Nothing. 
Great. Add that to your list of accomplishments. Exactly. Sorry. My husband is texting me. He went to the camper to use the Wi-Fi so I could podcast here because he's doing CPO live videos and he's asking if I want food and I'm starving. Two seconds. Yes, yeah, please. You have to Arrows, announce what you're ordering. Compoyo, which I can't spell. Oh, Mexican food. Yes. Um, I like some rice and some cheese and some chicken. Yep. That's all you need. It's a bowl. Okay. So. Let's stop bitching about. <laughs> this is how we should have started. Instead, we're like this week in entertainment news, but <laughs> we really just should have talked about this. But I forgot about it until I did too. Uh, you had mentioned something about it. I'm like, shit, I told because I started my show notes because I knew we forgot it last week. And then I'm like, I wrote down um, Shannon's movie. And I'm like, God, I know there's something else I need to add to this all day long. Thank yeah. God you brought it up. I, you... To who? Thank God to, to not. I've been meditating to forget about it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He keeps texting me. I'm like, I am podcasting. Leave me alone. Okay. Um, <laughs> I go first twice in a row because I right. remembered, believe it or not. So. Yep. I shall tell you a story, if you would like, sir. And Get my mind off of Bezos and his <laughs> dick-shaped rocket. <laughs> okay. So, as I mentioned earlier, I'm heading to Texas this weekend, San Antonio to be exact. And last time I was there, I picked up a copy of Haunted History of Old San Antonio. It's a book by Lauren and James Swartz. So I chose the haunted location on the cover of the book, uh, the Manger hotel and to tell you no so this is what happens when i write my own shit it's typos everywhere i can't even read my own stuff but anyway that story goes a little something like this the manger hotel constructed in 1857 and it's situated on the original battlegrounds of the alamo it's said to be inhabited by over 30 different ghosts walking through the Manger's airy and antique lobby. I actually, like, peeked in the front door there. I don't think I walked in, um, but it's actually ridiculously stunning. Um, perhaps it was a blessing and a curse that the Manger Hotel was built upon the storied battlegrounds of the Alamo only 23 years after the fall of that bloody and beautiful Cradle of Texas Freedom. I didn't write this part. You can totally tell. But <laughs> since 1859, the manger has been the home away from home to everybody from Robert E. Lee, Robert Mitchum, Bob Dylan, Bill Clinton, W. All the people have stayed there. Oh. And with so many varied reports, it's hard to dispute the space is haunted. Well-known faces that are long gone are professed to still lurk the halls. Roosevelt himself is said to still pass through for a drink. Earlier this year, bartender Justin Hernandez, who had previously experienced strange activity like glasses shaking and door slamming, was caught on camera with an ambiguous specter appearing in the mirror behind the bar. And it's uncertain if the image is a light trick, teddy, or something else. I, I saw said picture... It looked like more like the blob. 
was in the photo with him. I'm yeah. not sure. Still can't quite figure out what was going on there. So Captain Richard King, a Confederate tycoon who founded the legendary King Ranch outside of the city, which mm-hmm. I didn't know. We had a truck that was like a King Ranch something. I didn't realize it yeah. was a real thing until I wrote this story. <laughs> the King Ranch in the in the uh, <laughs> the bucket bucket of freedom. Yep. Okay. So the the King Ranch is outside of the city, and Richard King met his end in one of the hotel suites. That mm-hmm. room is now said to be one of the most haunted on the grounds. Guests both avoid and intentionally book this room. But I want to tell you about a little less famous spirit who haunts the halls of the Manger Hotel, Sally White. She was a chambermaid uh, who met a tragic end on March 30th, 1876. She died at the hotel after suffering multiple gunshot wounds at the hands of her abusive common-law husband. Sally lived in Blum Alley now a passage between the hotel and the River Center Mall. That's how I found the hotel. I stepped outside the mall and I saw this ghost shop, which was attached to this haunted hotel. Anyway, um, <laughs> one night the couple became enga- enraged, no, engaged in a particularly awful quarrel and her husband grew violent. He threatened her life and Sally ran to the police. It said that she slept over at the station, but being a black woman, her fear was likely not taken seriously. When she returned home, her husband, Henry Wheeler, Wheeler, her husband, Henry Wheeler was enraged and shot her in the stomach. Sally fled toward the manger, but not before being shot in the back twice. Ultimately, she made it to the hotel where she was under care of a widowed Mary Manger for two days before she passed away. There are records that show Mary paid for Sally's funeral costs. Today, Sally's presence is one of the most often reported by guests. If you ask the front desk, they'll tell you they occasionally receive calls about a strange maid wearing an old-fashioned uniform who suddenly disappears and doesn't answer when spoken to. A guest in search of fresh towels might spot her, and suddenly the maid they saw walking down the hallway will vanish like she was never even there. The Texas musician Kinky Friedman once wrote about his stay at the Manger while on the road with Bob Dylan in a column for Texas Monthly. In it, he detailed a 3 a.m. encounter with Sally White. And I, hard quote, A beautiful young woman with a bandana around her head was floating at the foot of my bed. She did not look like Willie Nelson, and I knew it wasn't a dream. I sat bolt upright and shook my head vigorously in a vain effort to will the vision away. She began swaying slightly and motioning at me with her hands and her dark, flashing eyes. It was definitely time to leap sideways. After I hopped out of bed, I followed her across the room where after two and a half minute, after a two and a half minute eternity, she floated into the wall and disappeared, writes Friedman. The next morning, the musician reportedly spoke to the front desk about his experience. That's our Sally, they explained. So 
Lauren Schwartz from uh, Sister Grimm Ghost Tours, which was the little ghosty shop I found before I found the hotel. It's actually where I got this shirt that says, I hope they serve tacos in hell because I love it. And there's a sticker on my laptop that says all my best friends are ghosts. Um, Got that there too. And the book. So um, it's a cute little gift shop and you can sign up to do their tours there. But Lauren uh, once professed a psychic approached her to warn her that there's a spirit at the manger who doesn't appreciate her telling her story. Schwartz had never seen the psychic before. That night, the psychic predicted that the unhappy spirit will send her a message for a while before a sister's for a while before comma one of the sister's grim signs had been missing from the inside of the hotel schwartz had asked the front desk to play play back the security footage to see if it was stolen and in the video one moment the sign was there and the next it's just gone as if dissolving into eternity whatever you want to call it into the ghostly realm so schwartz discovered the same sign face down in the hallway and she told the person who wrote the story that wasn't me that she has a feeling the spirit trying to reach her is sally white so if she doesn't like sally doesn't like the way lauren is telling the story I feel like Lauren should do a little investigating on her own to figure out what Sally has to say. And if you don't, Lauren, I will. Get in there. Yep. And I forgot to write my source. Um, It was some San Antonio something. (laughs) Your book. It was your book. I'd rather talk to dead people by Kitsy Duncan (laughs) on Amazon. Thanks, Bezos. Sorry. Thank you, but no thank you for taking audio audio files off. Now I'm pissed again. God damn it. But it's a fun story. Um, I haven't done a haunting in a hot minute. And I like the story of Sally that she's kind of shitty that her story's not being told right. So I hope they got that fixed. Uh, Maybe I'll stop by and find out this weekend. You absolutely should and follow up, please. Okay. If I have time. <laughs> if you have time, but please find time. But if you don't have time, it's okay. You will be forgiven, but please find time. I have friends out there. Maybe I'll send them. Hey, Heather, right. go ask them. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Whatever you uh, got to do to yeah, make it happen. Exactly. But that's my story. Let's throw it over to some commercials quickly, and then we'll be back with Nick's story. Ooh. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know, we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash ofchewy, you help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from 
Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all of your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Are you looking for that next great read? Well, I've got you because I wrote it. Head on over to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com and order yourself a copy of my book, I'd Rather Talk to Dead People, where I tell you the ins and the outs of my paranormal journey thus far. If you've watched the TV show Oddity Files on Amazon Prime or YouTube, this is the perfect companion piece to give you an inside look on what was going on inside my head during my most prominent investigations to date. Again, Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. Just search I'd Rather Talk to Dead People by Kitsy Duncan. Thank you. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there and the store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Find out why people are calling Paranormal Crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking heartfelt funny. This new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's the letter X. This all-female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and Spirit Medium. Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly, and this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormalxroad. That's X as in the letter X. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror all the time streaming network from their endless selection of the best in horror the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans shutter is exactly what you need plans start at under five bucks a month and yes you can cancel at any time i mean what are you waiting for tinyurl.com slash get shutter tinyurl.com slash get shutter 
G-E-T-S-H-U-D-D-E-R. Let's get scared. Not every haunting is driven by evil. It happens even in the most mundane of places. Down the block, around the corner, and sometimes in our own homes. Paranormal Crossroad is here to bridge the gap between the living and the dead. Are you living through a haunting at home or at work? Do you need answers? Contact the all-female paranormal research team today. Go to pxroad.com to get the answers you seek. Are you a coffee addict like me? Well, check out Bones Coffee Company. Coffee isn't just a drink that wakes you up in the morning. It's an experience. When you brew a pot of Bones Coffee Company coffee, they want you to have the best experience you've ever had. They only roast carefully selected beans to perfection in small batches to ensure that you get the freshest coffee delivered straight to your door. The care given to each of those small batches is evidenced through the rich, full-bodied, and exceptionally smooth taste you'll get out of every cup of Bones Coffee Company you drink. You guys, this is amazing. First and foremost, I love coffee. I love wine and I love bourbon, but I love coffee. So check it out and help out the podcast. Go to tinyurl.com slash bonescoffee. Get your coffee fix and help out your favorite podcast. We appreciate you. Dun, dun, dun. And we're back. It was so fast. (laughs) I'm not even going to provide context. I'm just going to go straight into the story. Just fucking do it. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. It's a short one. But it's one that'll tingle your spine. Yes. <laughs> Get ready for the tingles. The Tuesday tingles. <laughs> oh my God. That needs to be a hashtag. Hashtag Tuesday tingles. <laughs> Brought to you by Oddity Files, the podcast. <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> All right. Here we go. A totally not funny, totally super serious story. That sounded very sarcastic for some reason. It is not. Oh, okay. <laughs> it sounded so. After my last two. Anyway. Uh, about five years ago. Uh, years ago. <laughs> it's going well. You know, it's been a week and it's only Tuesday. It's only Tuesday. Oh, sweet Jesus. Here we go. About five years ago, I lived downtown in a major city in the U.S. I've always been a night person, so I would often find myself bored after my roommate, who was decidedly not a night person, went to sleep. To pass the time, I used to go for long walks and spend time thinking. I like that. I can relate. I spent four years like that, walking alone at night, and never once had a reason to feel afraid. I always used to joke with my roommate that even the drug dealers in the city were polite. (laughs) But all of that changed in just a few minutes of one evening. It was a Wednesday. Somewhere between 1 and 2 in the morning, and I was walking near a police-patrolled park quite a ways away from my apartment. It was a quiet night, even for a weeknight, with very little traffic and almost no one on foot. The park, as it was most nights, was completely empty. 
I turned down a short side street in order to loop back to my apartment when I first noticed him. At the far end of the street, on my side, was the silhouette of a man, dancing. It was a strange dance, similar to a waltz, but he finished each box, in quotes, hard with quotes. an hard quotes with an odd forward stride. I guess you could say he was dance walking, headed straight for me. Oh fuck. Deciding he was probably drunk, I stepped as close as I could to the road to give him the majority of the sidewalk to pass me by. The closer he got, the more I realized how gracefully he was moving. He was very tall and lanky and wearing an old suit. He danced closer still until I could make out his face. His eyes were open wide and wild head tilted back slightly looking off at the sky his mouth was formed in a painfully wide cartoon of a smile between the eyes and the smile i decided to cross the street before he danced any closer (laughs) shit yes (laughs) i took my eyes off of him to cross the empty street as i reached the other side i glanced back and then stopped dead in my tracks he had stopped dancing and was standing with one foot in the street, perfectly parallel to me. He was facing me, but still looking skyward. Smile still wide on his lips. This is not going to end well. (laughs) I was completely and utterly unnerved by this. I started walking again, but kept my eyes directly on the man. He didn't move. Once I had put about half a block between us, I turned away from him for a moment to watch the sidewalk in front of me. The street and sidewalk ahead of me were completely empty. Still unnerved, I looked back to where he had been standing to find him gone. For the briefest moments, I felt relieved until I noticed him. He had crossed the street Uh -uh. and was now slightly crouched down. No! I couldn't tell for sure due to the distance and the shadows, but I was certain he was facing me. I looked away from him for no more than 10 seconds, so it was clear that he had moved pretty fast. I was so shocked that I had stood there for some time, just staring at him. And then he started moving towards me again. He took giant, exaggerated, tiptoed steps As if you were a cartoon character sneaking up on someone. Mm -mm. Except he was moving very, very quickly. I'd like to say at this this point, I ran away. Uh, I'd like to say at this point, I ran away or pulled out my pepper spray or my cell phone or anything at all. But I didn't. I just stood there completely frozen as the smiling man crept towards me quickly. And then he stopped again. About a car length away from me, still smiling a smile, still looking at the sky. When I finally found my voice, I blurted out the first thing that came to mind. What I meant to ask was, what the fuck do you want? In an angry, commanding tone. But what came out was a whisper. (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) I would have happened the exact same for me. Oh, same. But I've been crying. Regardless of whether or not humans can smell fear, they can absolutely hear it. I heard it in my own voice, and that only made me more afraid. But he didn't react at all. He just stood there, smiling. And then, 
After what felt like forever, he turned around very slowly and started dance walking away. Just like that, not wanting to turn my back to him again, I just watched him go. Go until he was far enough away to almost be out of sight. And then I realized something. He wasn't moving away anymore, nor was he dancing. I watched in horror as the distant shape of him grew larger and larger. He was coming back my way. No! No! Nick! And this time, he was running. I ran too. I ran until I was off the side of the road and back onto a better lit road with sparse traffic. Looking behind me then, he was nowhere to be found. The rest of the way home, I kept glancing over my shoulder, always expecting to see his stupid smile, but he was never there. I lived in that city for six months after that night, and I never went out for another walk. There was something about his face that always haunted me and still does to this day. He didn't look drunk. He didn't look high. He looked completely and utterly insane. And that's a very, very scary thing to see. Yes. Oh, my God. That was terrifying. Yep. And <laughs> this was written nine years ago. So this was uh, this was a Reddit post, obviously. And this is a true story. I mean, she she came out again several years later and said to anyone that is doubting this story, it happened. I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not afraid of devils or monsters. I'm afraid of people. And so she's not saying... At any point that this sounded, that she, that's the thing about the story that's so scary. She's not saying that it's supernatural. She's not saying that it's No, that's a the really scary part. <laughs> that she paints this creature as being human. Mm-hmm. That this was just someone who was just absolutely insane. Uh, so, was it paranormal? Was this... I don't know. I don't know what it was, but I read the story. Again, this came from Reddit. This is a, as far as I know, it's been, this has been floating around the internet for nine years. Wow. As far as I know, and from what I could see, this is a true story. This is not like a no sleep Reddit thread story that could be true, could be false. Let it be what you want it to be. This is, as I know, a, a non fictional story. And it's terrifying. And very yeah. well read, by the way. I was squirming and almost peed myself twice. Oh, I'm, I've always said, I'm. A, if something's like walking towards me, it's it's alarming. But I've been in enough situations, uh, and I'm sure you have as well, traveling around around the world, where like you're in a place that's foreign to you, and somebody is, comes out of the shadows and is walking towards you. It's the same thing, like driving a car, mm-hmm. and someone's been behind you for. Far too long. 40, yeah, and you're yeah. like, huh? it just becomes ingrained. It's normal, but I swear, if someone runs towards me and isn't shirtless with shorty shorts jogging at night, <laughs> if someone is running towards me in a place that is not normally filled with people, that's it. I mean, I would literally, yeah. I would, uh, I would possum it. I would roll over my back <laughs> on all fours and either play dead or just die on the spot yeah i would die literally yeah Yeah. wow well good for her for running away and getting away and i don't know it could be paranormal it could not be paranormal but the fact that the suit was 
old style and the dancing kind of blends to the whole paranormal vibe of it all. I yeah, love the, it. The suit and everything. It's that and, and sort of the, the way I imagine him crouched, sort of leaning and frozen. I'm like, this is got to be some sort of like spirit of a carny or something. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that right there is the scariest thing ever. Um, guys, I've been promising you for weeks now that I had a a celebrity ghost story. And I did it. I put it together. I threw it together. And I'm going to play it for you now. This is CJ Ramon from the Ramones. He is our kind of people. And you guys are about to find out why now. So um, 2000 and I'm going to say it was probably like 2003, 2004. I, uh, I went through a really, really tough time period. I got divorced from my first wife. I got custody of my kids. I was, uh, this is post Ramon, so I had, uh, I had, I actually was working at Ground Zero um, just after 9-11, I was down there. So I had like all this really crazy emotional stuff going on in my life in the early 2000s, right? So I got custody of my kids. I had a, you know, I was, I was working a good job and I was like, I need to buy a house. I wanted to like get a, just give my kids some stability, right? Single dad, you know. So I, I found um, a couple of towns away from where I grew up. I found this really old house built in the late 1800s, early 1900s. The story was, um, the town is called Bohemia. So the story was a bunch of immigrants from Czechoslovakia had moved to Long Island and they started their own community called Bohemia. The house that I live in was actually like the patriarch of the community. It was his house. It still had the original barn on the property. So it was like, it was just really, really a, a really neat place. So it had belonged to the historical society since the 70s when the last member of the family died. So it had been unlived in and operated operated as a museum for the um, Czechoslovakian cultural society in the town right so uh, when I you know when I first bought the house it was um, because it was empty for so long it needed a lot of work so you know I put all new plumbing in I did new floors I dressed up the bedroom for my kids I redid the bathrooms did all this work on it moved in with my kids uh, and um, you know uh, so uh, I have to rewind a little bit like I grew up very like my my grandmother was a tarot card reader like I grew up so I grew up like in a family where like all of that spirituality and and afterlife and all of that all, all of that was really a part of our childhood you know what I mean like we were all very consciously aware of all that type of stuff so when I moved into the house I kind of had like a pretty cool. I felt. I really felt like it had good energy in it. You know. I was like. No. I. But, and literally, when I tell you, like, I saw it once, and I was like, "This is the house I want to get." That's literally how it was. So. So we moved in, and, um, you know, my kids loved the house right away, and they were like, you know, they were so excited that they had like a new room and in a new house, and it was. It kind of made like the whole divorce thing like a little bit easier for them because they were like yeah the, our own space you know so um i was in the house probably for about a year and there were little things that i noticed that happened in the house like 
uh, um, uh, of course, especially at night when everything's very quiet, and I could hear sounds in the house that had no obvious source. You know, was it the compressor on the refrigerator kicking on or, or you know, just a random the house settling. In fact, I knew it wasn't the house settling because I had to replace the main beam underneath the house because it went from, you know, the main, the actual beam that was there was a, a rough hewn tree. You know what I mean? It was just like, because the house was built in the late 1800s. So it's like, you know, hand axe, they squared it off. And so I had to replace that. So it wasn't like the house was selling. But I hear little sounds at night, but it, it never really bothered me. It always felt kind of like comforting almost. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, that's cool. So um, I was going through a really particularly rough time period where I was working a lot of hours. My commute to Manhattan was four hours back and forth. I worked you know, nine hour shifts. I was only in my house at like six or seven hours at a time, you know? I was really, really tired. My, my, um, the, my, the kids went with my ex for visitation on a weekend and I was, a, I had fallen asleep on the couch in front of the TV and I got woken up by a noise and I woke up kind of startled and I all of a sudden had a, a really bad feeling and I was like, what's going on and I felt a vibration and it, it, it at first it wasn't a sound it was just a vibration right so it was almost like when you're underwater and your ear you know what I mean the pressure you feel on your ears so I stood up and all of a sudden from behind me it it sounded like um, a hummingbird's wings that's exactly what it sounded like right so I, I thought maybe it was a bat or something like literally I was like what the hell is that and I went like this and then I felt I, I, I felt something brush against my neck I, I it was definitely a it was more like a vibration but definitely a sensation of something brush against my neck so I started walking towards the front door and as I walked towards the front door I came up on there were windows right here but we had a porch in front of it the porch at one time was just a porch now it wasn't closed so these windows now just opened up into a um into an enclosed porch right so there were no curtains but in the reflection on the window there was something right here right behind me and i stopped and froze for a second like i was too scared to move because i i, I immediately recognized what was going on I was like frozen for a couple of seconds and I'm alone in the house so it's not even like I can go come here look at this you know what I mean yeah. and I just stood there to try to figure out what I was looking at but it was more of um, and it wasn't like a shadow it wasn't my reflection I could see my reflection I could plainly see my reflection right but there was something else blocking the light coming from the dining room into the front room right directly behind me I was like I was like all right I got to go down to the bar. I got in the car. I, I literally drove up the block to the to the bar. I went in. I sat down. I had a drink. I was like talking with the bartender just to distract myself long enough. I went home, went to the house, got in the bed, and I just laid there for like hours until the sun came up before I could fall asleep. I was like, but after it was all over, I realized I never really felt threatened. It was just the shock of it happening. You know what I mean? It was just like, what the hell? And waking up out of a sleep and all of a sudden like being confronted with that but the, the I, n I never could explain what the sound was until um this is like just a couple years ago it, i moved to the new house that i live in we have a 
hummingbird feeders outside. And if you sit there for, for, for long enough, they come and they fly up right next to you. And one flew up next to my head and I was like, that's it. That's exactly what I heard. That's exactly what I, we don't know how tra sound travels from that dimension into ours. Like there's so many unknowns, you know, so. So I love me some CJ Ramon. I love the fact that he grew up having a very spiritual family, his grandmother, you know, reading tarot cards for the family. How fun is that? I, I, I'm always a sucker for, for stories. I'm not even story, not even paranormal, just stories of, of pieces of property that have been within a family for so long or, or was in the possession of a family for so long. And then is sort of generationally passed down as that family is out or the last of that family has passed on and someone else comes in. I'm always a sucker for those stories. So to hear that, that his home was sort of this patriarch. Yeah. Is immediately captivating for me. So, yeah, it was good. And I, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, he went on to talk a little bit more about the house. I, I may save it for another episode. Um, but he's got stories. Like I said, he is our kind of people. He's not scared of it. He's intrigued by it. And the whole, you know, that the energy that he heard next to his head that, that sounded like a hummingbird and how he thinks, you know, that maybe that's how they sound from where they're coming at us from. It was, it was really refreshing to hear. And, and uh, he's not in it for the oogie boogie of it, but he, he loves it and he wants to know more. So thank you so much, CJ Ramon. Thank you so much to our producers, Doug Maldenlock, Donald Blanchflower, Ryan Hoke, just because I had a celebrity ghost story doesn't mean that I'm still not looking for listener stories. So guys, keep them coming. We've got a, a nice little groove going on where they're coming in a little more often. But, you know, it's never enough for Kitsy. So send them in to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Um, again, I'm Kitsy Duncan. Weird is a new cool. And I'm Nick Floyd. Ghost on. Yay, we did it! Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files, a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate, review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group 
all kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay, go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller.